School is back in session. Here are the students currently attending what has been dubbed the sex school. And the show is back on the air. We need to get our facts straight. We need to decide what the truth is. Did you hear what you just said? I'm Jared Hall from Entertainment Weekly, and here's what to watch this weekend, Friday, September 17th through Sunday, September 19th. We're counting down the weekend's top five must-see picks from TV and movies. But first, your entertainment headlines. During a recent visit to the Literally with Rob Lowe podcast, Friends star Jennifer Aniston opened up about this year's HBO Max reunion with Lisa Kudrow, Matt LeBlanc, Courtney Cox, Matthew Perry, and David Schwimmer, admitting that recreating memories from 16 years ago, quote, really took us all down way harder than we anticipated. Largely, she cites, due to the fact that the entire cast had changed so much over the years. While the James Corden-led gathering was filled with many tears and overwhelming emotions, the two-hour reunion was ultimately a love fest that included celebrity guests, a table read, and a lot of reminiscing. But that didn't mean there was a lot of emotional turmoil happening behind the scenes. Aniston told Lowe, quote, Going back there, it's nostalgic in a way that's kind of also a little melancholy, you know? Because a lot has changed and we have all gone down different roads. Not so easy and some easy for each of us. Following news of a planned remake of Whitney Houston and Kevin Costner's Bodyguard, Lizzo is raising her hand for the starring role. And she knows exactly who she wants as her co-star, Chris Evans. The Grammy-winning singer continued her social media love affair with the Captain America star via Twitter and TikTok, captioning one post with a photo of them side by side. What y'all think? I think I'm here for it. And EW exclusively revealed that Ray Liotta is joining the cast of Amazon Prime Video's action thriller series Hannah as a new villain, Gordon Evans. Described as a respected former military man and intelligence operative, Gordon wields incredible insider power. He sees himself as a visionary with a rigid moral code and a true patriot who will do what needs to be done to protect his country and hold on to what's dear. You can check out a first look photo of his character, as well as other news, reviews, interviews, and more at EW.com. Now, time to get schooled on today's top five picks, starting with number five, Sex Education. Netflix's horny and heartfelt teen dramedy is back for season three, which brings some big changes for the Moordale crew. Otis is having casual sex, Eric and Adam are official, and Otis's mom, Jean, has a baby on the way. Meanwhile, Amy discovers feminism, Jackson gets a crush, and Otis's lost voicemail to Maeve still looms, all while new head teacher Hope tries to return Moordale to a pillar of excellence, which mainly entails stamping out all of the sex positivity. Here's a preview. Hey, sis. What's in your face? It's a mustache. I've been growing up all summer. I forgot to tell you, I saw Maeve the other day. I don't need to know what Maeve is doing anymore. Here are the students currently attending what has been dubbed the sex school. Oh. <laughs> good morning, morning. How is everyone feeling today? Really good. I am your new head teacher. 
seems that there are some students here who get a kick out of giving us a bad name. It changes today. Oh, what? Yes, it is all quite shocking. We wouldn't dare spoil who Otis's new friend with benefits is, but here star Asa Butterfield on some of the changes for his character this season. Got some new things on his plate, which have shaken <laughs> things up a bit. Um, and I think he's just gotten a lot more confident in himself. He's standing up for himself a bit more. He's, uh, he's in a, a sort of casual relationship with mm-hmm. someone unexpected. Um, and then all of the kind of the things that come with that. Um, I, I think he's gotten a bit sassier this year. Found his mojo a little bit. Well, class is in session for Sex Education 3 on Netflix now. Our number four pick today is a package deal. Widows and 12 Years a Slave director Steve McQueen is bringing a three-part docuseries and two new documentaries to Amazon Prime, all expanding on the themes and history presented in his 2020 miniseries, Small Acts. One of the docs, Black Power, a British story of resistance, explores the various groups of young black people who fought racism in the UK throughout the 60s and 70s. The other, Subnormal, a British scandal, looks at the discrimination toward black students in the British school system during those decades, as depicted in the Small Acts episode, Education. Finally, the docuseries Uprising tells the story of three intertwined events in the UK in 1981. The New Cross Fire, which killed 13 young black people, the Black People's Day of Action, and the Brixton Riots. The series will reveal and explore the connections between these events and how they defined race relations for a generation. Here's a preview of Uprising. The crowd was going, the vibes was nice, the music was right. Just before six o'clock this morning, the singing and dancing gave way to panic. Children have been burnt. We didn't feel that Britain owned that tragedy. We did not matter. The new crossfire became an us and them affair. It felt because I was born here, I'm not wanted. The black community cannot just stand by and allow this to happen. People started saying, we're going to have to do something. We had the power and we were able to mobilize. It was one of the proudest moments in our lives. This is the beginning, not the end. Well, anyone who watched Small Acts will definitely want to check out these docs. And even if you didn't, they are fascinating accounts of black history. You can stream them all right now on Amazon Prime. Another bit of news before we get to our number three pick. Justin Long is making his directorial debut alongside his brother, Christian Long, with the new movie Lady of the Manor, available today in select theaters on digital and on demand. But what has the newly minted director been watching lately? Long had an appropriately cinematic answer when we recently asked him, what you watching? I just watched Alice Doesn't Live Here for the first time and was so blown away by it that um, I now want to watch everything Ellen Burstyn's done. I am uh, I'm obsessed with her and her authenticity on film. 
And I loved seeing Martin Scorsese's style on a uh, a very like intimate, simple story about a, a woman and her son and the, the, their their struggles uh, after her husband dies. It was just a if I it was just such a simple story, but told in such a real and powerful way. The camera work and and the music and uh, the chemistry between. Ellen Burstyn and Chris Christopherson was was so real. Um, I, I, I had seen, I, I love, I've always loved Martin Scorsese, but I, I it was interesting to see his kind of grounded style, his raw, very honest visual style used on a story that was that intimate and simple and about a, about a woman and like very, I can only imagine so progressive for its time. It was um, that she, you know, the, the, the story, the whole story is about how she uh, is gaining her independence and, and does not need a man to, uh, to, to be truly uh, complete and independent. And I thought it was just really like incredible. Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore is a truly fascinating, underappreciated work by the great Martin Scorsese. You can currently stream that on HBO Max and catch Lady of the Manor in theaters or on digital or VOD now or on Blu-ray and DVD September 21st. Now, let's not drag things out anymore, or actually, maybe we will, and reveal our number three pick, Everybody's Talking About Jamie. Based on the hit West End musical and inspired by true events, this new movie follows Jamie New, a teenager in a blue-collar English town who dreams of a life on stage as a drag queen. Jamie has supporters in his best friend Pretty, his loving mom, and his mentor, local drag legend Miss Loco Chanel, played by Oscar nominee Richard E. Grant. But he also faces a deadbeat dad, an uninspired career advisor, and some ignorant school kids who attempt to rain on his aspirations. In rousing and colorful musical numbers, Jamie and his community will inspire one another to be more accepting, live their best lives, and step out of the darkness and into the spotlight. Here's a bit of the fabulous trailer. I don't know who I am. You're 16, of course you don't. Do what you need to do. Be who you want to be. Mom, do you ever wish I were just normal? No, I'm what's normal anyway. Stop waiting for permission to be you. If I don't say it enough, you're the best friend a boy who sometimes wants to be a girl could ever wish for. And this is about the best uplifting teenage drag queen movie musical we could wish for. You can stream and sing and dance along with Everybody's Talking About Jamie on Amazon Prime right now. Trivia. It's trivia time. The Emmys are almost here. Much more on that in a bit. But first, today's trivia question. This year, Ted Lasso broke the record for most nominations for a freshman comedy, beating the previous record set by what series? Glee, Modern Family, or Veep? Stick around for the answer, along with our top two picks and soundbite of the week. What to watch? We'll be right back. 
Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce season five of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Welcome back to EW's What to Watch. The comedy community and we here at EW continue to mourn the tragic passing of comedian and Saturday Night Live alum Norm MacDonald this week. In honor of McDonald, our soundbite of the week is one of our favorite jokes from his time as SNL's Weekend Update anchor. Yippee, Jerry Rubin died last week. Oh, I'm sorry, that should read, uh, Yippee, Jerry Rubin died last week. Sorry about that. McDonald himself cited that line as his favorite Weekend Update joke in a 2018 interview with EW, saying he loved it, quote, because the punchline and the setup were exactly the same. And you can check out that interview in full over at EW.com, and you can find McDonald's SNL tenure streaming on Peacock. Number two. Now, rise and shine for our number two pick, Apple's The Morning Show. The drama is finally back for season two, picking up in the aftermath of the first season's explosive finale with Jennifer Aniston's Alex Levy having departed UBA and The Morning Show. When she's called back in as the network faces yet another crisis, she and Reese Witherspoon's Bradley will once again butt heads as UBA and its employees struggle to adapt to a new world. New cast members this season include Holland Taylor as the savvy chairwoman of the UBA board, Juliana Margulies as a news anchor, and Hassan Minaj as Eric, Alex's replacement at the morning show with a love of singing and dancing. Here's a clip from the season premiere. Maybe it's much too early in the game. I bet I thought I'd ask you just the same. What are you doing, New Year's? New Year's Eve. And you didn't think we'd get her to sing. Mm-hmm. Eric talked her into it. Stand by camera two. Take it, camera two. Keep it fun, Bradley. One person who did keep it fun was Minaj. He recently spoke to EW Sam Heifel about joining the show, and you have to hear the story about how he auditioned. Here's Minaj. It was the weekend of my sister's wedding. My agent gives me a call and says, hey, I think there's this role you'd be perfect for. You've been playing a fake TV anchor for the past seven years of your life. I don't think this would be a stretch for you. And I said, you're absolutely right. He said, are you a fan of the morning show? I said, of course, I love season one. And he's like, they, in season two, uh, a new co-anchor of the morning show comes in to replace Alex Levy. We think you'd be really great for it. The only thing is, is in the audition, you have to sing and dance. Can you sing and dance? And I was like, uh, not really. But what I mean by that is the way I can sing and dance is the same way kind of like Barack Obama can sing or dance. Right. Is he good? No. Is he bad? No. 
you're creating it entirely on effort alone. And so I thought to myself, okay, let me lean into the circumstances. How would Michael Strahan like open a morning show segment where he'd have to sing or dance, right. you know? And so I thought, okay, if I lean into the kitschy campiness of it, then it's just like dancing at a wedding. It's like, oh, the boys are trying, especially at like an Indian wedding. Like it's like, oh, the boys are trying. That's cute. So my sister, obviously I asked Aisha and it's totally my fault. I asked her, I was like, hey, will you read these sides with me? She's like, are you insane? We're getting ready to go to my reception dinner. <laughs> Ask mom. And my mom was really into it. I think she secretly wants to join SAG-AFTRA. Oh and she was like, yeah, let's do it. And so we had to sing Baby, It's Cold Outside. She's not familiar with the context of the song or the general themes of the song. She finds it to be quite creepy. <laughs> we ended up singing Baby, It's Cold Outside together, putting that on tape. And indeed, Minaj got an A for effort. You can see him in the season premiere of The Morning Show, streaming now on Apple TV+. And now, let's roll out the red carpet for our number one pick, the Emmys. TV's biggest night is finally here, well, almost, with the 73rd annual Primetime Emmy Awards ceremony hosted by Cedric the Entertainer airing this Sunday. Many questions still remain. Will Mayor of Easttown or The Queen's Gambit prevail in the limited series category? Will MJ Rodriguez become the first transgender person to win a major acting Emmy? And can anybody stand in the way of the Ted Lasso juggernaut? There's a lot to talk about here, so let's welcome EW TV critic and my co-host on EW's The Awardist podcast, Kristen Baldwin, to break it all down. Kristen, hello. How are you? I'm good. I've got Emmy fever. Oh, me too. And you know what? A lot of Lady Emmys are going to be handed out on Sunday. (laughs) I can't wait. I can't wait. By the way, for all of the listeners out there who aren't aware, Kristen is a winner this year for Outstanding Co-Host of a Podcast About Award Season. Yes, thank I just, you. I just awarded you that right now. And I award it right back to you as my co-host. Oh, uh, thank you. All of that to say, if you folks haven't checked us out on the Awardist Podcast, we break down a lot of these categories all season. We have some incredible guests on, so go check that out. But right now, we have a very important job for you to give you some predictions for Sunday's ceremony. Kristen, let's start with one of the big categories of the night, Outstanding Drama Series. Here are the nominees. The Boys, Bridgerton, The Crown, The Handmaid's Tale, Lovecraft Country, The Mandalorian, Pose, and This Is Us. Who do you think should and will win? Both answers uh, are The Crown. It's been nominated uh, three times before, never won, but this was arguably its best season, you know, uh, covering the Charles and Diana courtship and marriage and, you know, very tumultuous life together. Just so good all around. And this is the cast's last season because as you know they rotate new casts in so i think the crown is going to take the big win what is the i don't even know if i want to say dark horse if anyone upsets the crown who would it be i mean if you ask other prognosticators they (laughs) suggest the mandalorian which i refuse to acknowledge or discuss (laughs) so we will leave it at that that's totally fine Mm -hmm. all right let's stay on the drama train outstanding lead in a drama series. The nominees are Sterling K. Brown for This Is Us, Jonathan Majors for Lovecraft Country, Josh O'Connor for The Crown, Regé-Jean Page for Bridgerton, Billy Porter for Pose, and Matthew Reese for Perry Mason. Again, who will and should? 
It's a tough one because, you know, I think Billy Porter will win. And I also, you know, he gave a great performance in the final season of Pose. I'm not saying he shouldn't win, but I also Mm -hmm. really, really love Josh O'Connor, who played Prince Charles uh, in The Crown, you know, a very difficult role in that, you know, he's such a an unlikable yet also weirdly sympathetic character. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was a hard performance. But I think final season of Pose, Billy Porter gave such a, you know, tour de force performance that he will win. Yeah. And we were hearing about this performance before we even mm-hmm. got to see episodes. Uh, everyone, as publicists do, say, no, trust us, it's really good. I mean, they weren't wrong. He's really good. Right. All right. Outstanding lead actress in a drama series. Here we go. Uzo Aduba for In Treatment. Olivia Coleman for The Crown. Emma Corrin for The Crown. Michaela J., also known as MJ Rodriguez for Pose. Elizabeth Moss for The Handmaid's Tale. And Journey Smollett for Lovecraft Country. Over to you, Kristen. So this is another one where it's a very tight race, and I do think that either of these women, you could put them in the should category because they're both great. Uh, Emma Corrin, I think, has the slight edge to win. She was incredible as Princess Diana. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't just sort of an impression. It was a very, not only did she really capture Princess Diana's, you know, mannerisms and the way she looks and all of that, it was just a very emotionally deep performance. Um, But Michaela J., you know, with her history-making nomination, Um, final season of Pose really incredible like she's the heart and soul of that show and I think she could pull an upset I do think probably that Emma will win but if Michaela ended up winning not going to be mad about that Nope, I am right there with you on that. Okay, let's get into the comedy category, starting with the big one, Outstanding Comedy Series. A lot of great nominees here, and here they are. Blackish, Cobra Kai, Emily in Paris. Okay, maybe not all great. The Flight (laughs) Attendant, Hacks, The Kaminsky Method, (laughs) Pen15, and Ted Lasso. <laughs> I I couldn't resist I mean, when uh, yeah. I said that. But yeah, uh, so here we go. Who should and will win? I think both you can say Ted Lasso. I do think it's the front mm-hmm. runner. It's been the front runner. Season one is a pretty perfect season of television. Even though there's been a little mixed reaction to season two, I don't think that's going to affect its momentum. Yeah. You know, Blackish is a great show as well. And I do think it will pull out a win at some point. But probably maybe next season for its final season season. being the last season yeah Yeah. oh well time will tell but yes i'm with you on that ted lasso train all right speaking of ted lasso let's move on to lead actor in a comedy series where this pick might be pretty obvious too but here are the nominees anthony anderson for blackish michael douglas for the kaminsky method william h macy for the final season of shameless jason sudeikis for the first season of ted lasso and keenan thompson for his self-titled sitcom keenan I think should and will is going to Sudeikis here as well. You know, he's mm-hmm. obviously really great in the lead role. It's a, it's not just yeah. this sort of two-dimensional optimistic character. Even from episode one of season one, you see that there's a whole, you know, internal life uh, happening there mm-hmm. that only gets deeper as the seasons go on. You know, is it possible that the Emmys go nuts and give it to Michael Douglas for final season of <laughs> Kaminsky <laughs> Method? Like anything's possible. I just don't think yeah. it will happen. I don't think it will either. I'm with you. That's where my non-real money is <laughs> on that category. Um, all right. Outstanding lead actress in a comedy series. Uh, such a good group, too. A.D. Bryant for Shrill. Kaylee Cuoco for The Flight Attendant. Allison Janney for Mom, the final season of that show. Tracy Ellis Ross 
in Blackish and Gene Smart for Hacks. Should and will, I gotta go with Gene Smart. It's the smart choice. <laughs> she is the smart choice. I mean, this was a later <laughs> entry into the eligibility period, but she just, yeah. I mean, her performance as Deborah Vance on Hacks is not only incredibly funny, but there are so many mm-hmm. incredibly moving and uh, sort of emotional moments that, that she manages without even saying a word of dialogue. So... <laughs> It's just a a truly phenomenal performance, and I think she will be honored for it. Maybe next season, final season again, Tracy Ellis Ross really deserves a win for Blackish. So hopefully that'll happen next year. Yes, I can't wait to see Gene holding that Mm -hmm. Emmy. All right, now we're getting into three categories that I think are some of the most exciting of the night. We're getting into limited series. But first, let's do the acting nominees before we get to actual limited series. So let's do lead actor in a limited or anthology series, or movie. It's a mouthful. The nominees are Paul Bettany for WandaVision, Hugh Grant for The Undoing, Ewan McGregor for Halston, Lin-Manuel Miranda for Hamilton, and Leslie Odom Jr. also for Hamilton. Who are you going with here? You know who I'm going with, and this may seem a little crazy, but Hugh Grant uh, from The Undoing, simply because he was so good. I know that show feels like it was a million years ago, but remember how everybody was watching, everybody was debating who was the killer. They were talking about it on Twitter every week. Nobody knew what to expect, and he just made that twist work, even though the whole time you're thinking, there's no way. There's no way he's the killer because that would be too obvious. Guess what? He was. And it was amazing. And he pulled it off. So I really think he should uh, take that win. Yeah, because to have all of the knowledge that he had as an actor, knowing what was coming Mm -hmm. and to mask all of that. Yeah, that was quite a feat. Okay, lead actress in a limited or anthology series or movie. Again, this is... I, one of those categories, it's just so, so good. We have here Michaela Cole for I May Destroy You, Cynthia Erivo for Genius Aretha, Elizabeth Olsen for WandaVision, Anya Taylor-Joy for The Queen's Gambit, and Kate Winslet for Mayor of Easttown. Wow, I just reading all of those I names. I think that it's a really tight race between Anya Taylor-Joy and Kate Winslet. I do think Kate Winslet has the edge here, um, in part just because maybe the show is a little more recent, but it also it really became a phenomenon uh, in the zeitgeist, yeah. as, as we know from Murder, Dirter and all of that. Um, people love her. <laughs> and I do think The Queen's Gambit has a good chance of possibly winning overall, but this is one where I think Kate will win. I wish Michaela Cole could win, but I do think she will win a writing Emmy for because she wrote every single mm-hmm. episode and starred in every single episode of I May Destroy You. Right. Yeah, yeah, spreading the love there. So, yeah, speaking of where you think uh, The Queen's Gambit might win, let's go to that main category then, Outstanding Limited or Anthology Series. Movies not included here. They get their own category. So the nominees for series are I May Destroy You, Mare of Easttown, The Queen's Gambit, The Underground Railroad, and WandaVision. I know there's a lot of love and support for WandaVision. I don't see it winning. The Underground Railroad was just such an interesting piece of art, starting with the book that it's based on. Mayor of Easttown, I'm with you. I think Kate's going to take the win there. I don't think it's the winner here, though. I agree. I think Queen's Gambit ends up taking the win. You know, obviously it was many, many, many months ago, but it was also something Mm -hmm. that people were just absolutely obsessed with, especially at the beginning of the pandemic. And it was something where it was so out of nowhere. Nobody thought, you know, oh, a miniseries about chess is, you know, really going to captivate my imagination, but it did. And uh, (laughs) I think they're going to, the voters 
readers are going to have to find a way to spread some love between that and Mayor of Easttown, and that's probably how they'll do mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And not to mention the Queen's Gambit, the writing was fantastic, like you said, you know, that it should not have been as interesting or good as it was. But the production design, the costumes, the performances, it really, it checks all all of the boxes. Right. And um, it kind of makes me want to go back and watch it all over again now that we're talking about I know. it. So, uh, get a little refresher. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, Kristen, as always, thank you so much for your insight. And uh, folks, mark your ballots for, for what Kristen says, because I, I 100, support, uh, 100% support all of these picks. The Emmys are Sunday 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on CBS. Do tune in. Thanks, Kristen. No problem. Trivia. All right, finally this weekend, the answer to our trivia question. Ted Lasso broke the record for most Emmy nominations for a freshman comedy, beating the previous record set by what series? Glee, Modern Family, or Veep? You might have to change your tune if you guessed Modern Family or Veep. The answer is Glee. The Fox series received 19 nominations for its first season in 2010, while Ted Lasso scored 20 nominations this year. AFC Richmond for the win. That's our show for this weekend. We'll have more news and must-see picks for you on Monday, so be sure to follow or subscribe to What to Watch so you don't miss our daily recommendations, more of which can be found at EW.com. I'm Senior TV Editor Jared Hall. You can find us on Twitter at EW and at Jared Hall. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great weekend. What to Watch. What to Watch is written by Tyler Aquilina, edited and produced by Joshua Heller, produced and hosted by Jared Hall, and executive produced by Shana Naomi Krokmal and Carly Usden.